Hey there. Hello, George Chapel. How are you today? I'm just fine, Keith Stone. How are you doing? Good. I think, yeah, I think we've kind of skipped introductions the last few times. So I'm going to bring everybody up to speed. Maybe they've skipped a couple. Shame on all of you if that's <laughs> the case. But my name is Keith Stone, and my partner's name is? George Chapel. We were uh, friends. We made friends at Central Michigan University. We were roommates uh, first two years there. Um, George is from, well, he's originally from California and went to high school in the Jackson, Michigan area. Yeah. And I am from Plymouth, Michigan. So as today we're going to talk about the greatest baseball players we ever saw play in, in person, mostly Hall of Famers. Yeah. But just so you understand what, what our histories are is most of the people I saw were playing at Tiger Stadium in my whole life. My whole life, I spent watching Tigers games. Yeah. And George was in California up until what year was that? Uh, moved back in 1979. So I kind of, my, my salad days as a baseball fan as a kid were spent in California in the 70s. Okay, very good. So that's, so when you start talking about Lyman, Bostock, and guys like that, <laughs> we'll know that that's why. You got it. Okay. Um, I'll throw out one that I, you've told me before that you never did see. But um, we'll just go through the Hall of Famers real quick. We've got some good stories on some of the other players. But I did see Hank Aaron play. Oh, man. But it was with the Brewers in 1975. So the second to last year he was playing. Yep. So he certainly wasn't the same guy, but I did have the honor of seeing him play. And that's the only reason we went, because I wanted to see Hammer and Hank, because he had just come back to the American League. I, I remember that, too. I, I really wanted to get a chance to go see him when he was with the Brewers. Uh, I never saw him with the Braves playing the Dodgers or, the, or, the, uh, or with the Brewers. So that, that's a good one that you got on me there. So you, were you more of a – so you had choices, right? You could go to Angels yep. games for American League and Dodgers for National League. Yep. Did you do one more than the other? Well, we ended up going to more Angels games when I was growing up for a couple of reasons. I think my dad liked going to Angel games because uh, it was a lot easier to get to. There were three freeways that went right by Anaheim Stadium, so it was the, the parking was a lot easier. So we, we ended up going to a lot of Angel games for that. Okay. Uh, for a while, we were going to about an Angel game a month. Uh, but the Dodgers I'd see maybe once or twice a year. Okay, good deal. Yeah, I went to Tiger games with my, with my whole family, and then as I got, like, uh, I was able to drive in high school, and then when I was home summer from college, oh. I had a group of buddies that we would go to, and we would always sit in a left field grandstand, yeah. lower deck, um, because they were, I think the tickets, I want to say, were like eight bucks, Compared to a bleacher seat, which was, might have been three fifty or something, but it was in the upper deck, and you were a long ways away. Yeah. Um, the left field grandstand was perfect, and the reason we were always in left field is because depending on the crowd, they didn't always open the right field grandstand. Oh no, kidding. Okay. Yep. Okay, so right. Hank Aaron, name me off a couple of your uh, your big shots you saw. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm going to come right out of the gate with a, with a big. A uh, hard hitter as well. Well, not not a hard hitter, a hard thrower. 
uh, as you know, I watch a lot of California Angels, and I've seen a couple times. I saw the great Nolan Ryan. Uh, did, did you see him throw a no hitter? I did not see him throw a no hitter. As a matter of fact, I think every time I saw him, he kind of kind of stunk. It was, no. like, it was like some game where he'd throw, he'd walk like eight or nine guys, uh, being a couple guys, but also strike out eleven or twelve. But uh, I never, I never saw him pitch a great game. But I actually, I did see him pitch, and and he was, uh, he was quite amazing. Just as to see a guy throw that hard, and no. and your dad will like you'll like this one. Oh, I saw him in uh, 1977 against the uh, against the Tigers. Uh, Steve Kemp was in the lineup that day. Nolan beamed him and sent him out of the game. Okay, well, there's a story there, but we'll tell it later because, believe it or not, Steve Kemp's name is going to come up again later. All right. Um, I saw Nolan Ryan pitch with when he was with the Rangers, oh. and he pitched at the Tiger Stadium. Um, now, you, you know all the trivia in the world, so you know how many, how many no-hitters did Nolan Ryan throw? Seven. Do you know how many more no-hitters he lost in the ninth inning? No, I don't. That's a great great trivia. Five. What? He, no way. He had five more that he lost in the ninth inning. All, and even more remarkably, all with one out. So eight and a third, he had five more. <laughs> wow. So he, had, so he had 12, eight and a third no-hitters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's ridiculous. I, I other day, I look up Nolan Ryan trivia, and that one just jumps off the page at you. Oh, no kidding. He, he, was, he was phenomenal. Okay, let me uh, – we're not going to continually go back and forth one at a time. No. But let me throw one at you. Not Hall of Famer, but I did see Mark the Bird Fidrich pitch in 1976. Oh, that's perfect. His, uh, his, his rookie year. And he didn't even start the season with the Tigers. Um and he ended up going to the All-Star game. He won 19 games. And if, you, if you're a youngster and you don't know who Mark Fittich is, YouTube. I mean, the guy was a phenomenon. He talked to the baseball. He had curly hair. He had a Massachusetts accent. He was just, <laughs> a, just the screwiest of the screwy. But he had two great years, and then he blew his arm out. Yeah, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated with, uh, with Big Bird. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, well, I said we were going to go back and forth, but go ahead. Give me another okay, one. Okay, well, I'm going to give you two here. Uh, two Hall of Fame relief pitchers that I saw in the same game at the end of their career. It's Dennis Eckersley and Goose Gossage, who are, who, uh, who are probably just as famous for have, having given up Kurt Gibson's two most famous home runs. And in that game in 1993, I saw them both pitch against Kurt Gibson in that game when Kurt Gibson had come back to the Tigers. So it was kind of a, a bit of a nostalgic moment. Wait a second. You saw them both pitch against Gibson in the same game? Yep. It was toward the end of their career. It was like 1993. They were both with the A's. And I never knew that Eckersley and Gossage were on the same team. They were. They were on, they were on the uh, Oakland A's. Like it, was, it was one of the last teams that Gossage played for. Uh, yeah, yeah. I tell you, baseball reference, man, you can look it up. But yeah, and not I, only that, in that game, the uh, the usher at Tiger Stadium looked just like Bill Clinton. 
You probably well, find that on Baseball Reference, though. Okay, probably not. I, I did see Gossage pitch. He is on my list. But I got to believe he was a Yankee when I saw him. Yeah, play. probably. Okay, I can tell you that I saw all three of the notorious um, steroid boys play. Okay. Uh, I saw Barry Bonds play at Coors Field in Colorado. And it was 2003, and we were sitting in right field, one of his favorite places. And sure enough, he had a home run about two rows over our head. And it was it was a nice round number. That was, that was home run 640 for Bonds. Okay. And I know we don't even we don't count it, but you know it's his it, his name's associated with history. Oh sure. I I saw McGuire play with both the A's when he was when he was skinny McGuire <laughs> and like the Bash brothers with Canseco, and then um, when interleague play had just started. I don't know what year interleague play started, but he uh, was with the cart. I think it was ninety five or six. Makes sense because <laughs> with the Cardinals. And I wanted my son Andy to see him play because this he was you know, I I didn't know if I bought into the steroid stuff yet, but I wanted to see him play because he was, you know, pretty famous. And so I took him to that game just, just for that. Okay. And then I saw Sammy Sosa play like right the year or two after the big the big um the big year he had when him and McGuire were chasing each other. And that was also with my family. And we saw him play at Wrigley. And so, you know, of course, he was a hero there. Oh, yeah, at, at that time until everything came out. Yeah. Well, I, so on my list, I've got I, – actually, it wasn't on my list, but you mentioned Barry Bonds. I saw, I saw Bobby Bonds play. I saw his dad play when he was with the Angels. Uh, oh wow! Okay. I never saw Mark McGuire play, but I actually met him in a Pistons game once, once back in the early '90s. Huh. But, uh, but speaking of Coors Field, I saw Ken Griffey Jr. play at Coors Field in in uh, 2000. Uh, I was out out in Denver on business, and that night I just decided to walk down to the stadium by myself, buy myself a ticket, and, and went in. The, the Reds were in town. And I saw Ken Griffey hit a home run there, so that was that was a pretty pretty exciting moment. That's Junior. That was Junior Griffey. I saw his that, play too, but yeah. Did you? Okay. Yeah. That was a, that's a good story. Yeah. Um, I okay. Let's talk about Ken Griffey Junior. I saw him play when he was with Seattle at Old Tiger Stadium, and I, this is another you know the beauty thing about baseball is that my dad took me to games. Your dad took you to games. Yeah. It's how the game is handed down. Yeah. So at the time, Andy's favorite player was Ken Griffey Jr. So we were going to go down there, and we, there was a like a rain Boy. delay, and we were kind of like walking around in the bowels of the stadium, and we walked past like the Mariners clubhouse. Okay. And there was Griffey Jr. kind of like sticking his head out. <laughs> Um, I was trying to get some air or something. And so Andy, you know, we didn't weren't able to talk to him or anything, but Andy got to see him close up, you know, without the full uniform oh, and everything. So, pretty, so I thought yep. that was a great thrill for him. Excellent. Naked Ken Griffey Jr. Perfect. Well, no, no, no. Fully dressed, <laughs> but just didn't have a uniform on. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then just real quick, getting into the Hall of Famers in Detroit, of course, I saw 
Kaline, Trammell, and Morris play um, more times than I could even count. Well, one of the places that we saw Jack Morris play, because he's on my list as well, we saw him in Cleveland in 1984, pitch against another Hall of Famer, Burt Blyleff. Okay. And I, that was not on my list, but I, I remember we did that because you, you couldn't get tickets in Detroit, so we had to go to Cleveland and go see the 84 Tigers. Yeah, we went to Cleveland, and yeah, the, the, there was only like 10,000 people a game. And one of the most memorable moments of that game was going down to the field and meeting Ernie Harwell. So it was, yes. It was another Hall of Famer for you. And weren't we sitting by the bullpen? And, like, so, like, like they had uh, Aurelio Lopez and William <laughs> and all those guys. I'd, they were real close to us, weren't they? Probably. I remember we, we moved all around the state. We, we, I think we sat in every seat. And there were 7,000 yep. seats. So that was a lot of sitting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep, you're right. I remember that. So, um, okay, well, I got, I got one for you here. I know he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but we know he, he will be one day, and it's Justin Verlander, which I, I know you've seen as well. Uh, yeah. One of the very special things about the Justin Verlander game that I went to was that on a, on a pitch he threw in the first inning, I got my only ever – Major League foul ball. So, all right. So it was, it was off of a pitch that Justin Verlander threw. It was against the A's. I can't place the 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 name of the hitter. I'll have to look the game up and find out who the hitter was. But it was it was thrown by Justin Verlander, and we were like right. It was we were under or we were in the the Tiger Den, and it was a really weird bounce. It's a bounce. The ball just kind of bounced and came came right to me, and it was uh it was it was pretty sweet. Okay, now I completely forgot about this. I'm glad we're doing this, George. Yeah. Um, my only foul ball was actually collected by Sarah. Um, okay. We we took about eight kids for Andy's birthday. We went to a Tigers game, and we were sitting right behind home plate. And back then, they just had the screen that went up. It didn't protect you from like overhead foul balls. Yeah. And so I got these, these kids are probably seven or eight years old, you know, and it's, it's a day game. They're hot. So they all decided that they were hung, they're hungry and thirsty. So I took all the kids out to go get something to eat and drink. Yeah. And Sarah stayed there <laughs> and we come back and Sarah's holding a foul ball. <laughs> nice. It, it come back and it landed right in our row. It kind of got stuck underneath, you know, the seats, and she just calmly walked over there and picked it up. Oh. So I didn't even witness it, but Andy got a foul ball out of the deal. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, let's just go through a whole bunch of guys that I saw. So I saw George Brett, uh, Rod Carew, Carlton Fisk, um, Reggie Jackson. I think I saw Jackson play probably with the Orioles and with the Yankees. Um, I saw, I saw Catfish Hunter pitch. Okay. Uh, um, I used to be a big Yankees fan because Mickey Rivers was my guy. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. But my better Catfish Hunter story is that one time we were on vacation and somehow <laughs> we were driving through Hertford, North Carolina, and there was this big, huge billboard that said, welcome to Hertford. Home of Catfish Hunter. <laughs> well, that's cool. 
So I never knew that. Um, all right, I, I'll throw. I got some of those same ones. I, I can uh, check off Carlton Fifth. I uh, saw him with the White Sox. I think you and I went to that game together. Probably a couple of them. Uh, I can also say I saw George Brett. I saw Rod Carew. Uh, I saw Rod Carew with the Angels. Um, but uh, let me see. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna throw off a, a bunch here from the Big Red Machine because they had a bunch of Hall of Famers on that team. But I saw Johnny Bench, uh, Joe Morgan. I'm throwing Pete Rose in there. I know he's not a Hall of Famer, but we all know that. No, he should be though. Yeah. So I saw Pete Rose. Uh, you know, and I remember seeing him back in the mid '70s. I was a big Dodger fan, and we we absolutely hated the Reds, and we we hated no one more than Pete Rose. And you know, he came up and you'd you'd boo him every time you see him. But you know, looking back, the guy was just a great, great player, and you just you got to tip your hat to the guy. He was. Um, everybody hated Pete Rose, but, but uh, um, you can't deny his greatness. I mean, if every player played with his tenacity i mean it would really it would be amazing oh yeah yeah he was he just loved the game so much very clearly okay so talking about the big red machine um when i was in high school my junior year of high school we took like a spring training trip down to cincinnati and we somehow got tickets to opening day of course they were horrible tickets and um, I swear to God, Tom Seaver was on the Reds at the time. So, of course, he'd be the opening day pitcher. And so I looked up the box score on baseballreference.com. Yeah. So if anybody wants to know anything about baseball, I recommend that site. But he did not pitch opening day. He didn't even pitch that first series, so he must have been hurt. But I did get – they're playing the Braves, so I did see Phil Necro pitch. Um, for the Braves, and so Dale Murphy was on the Braves at that time, and Johnny Bench was one of the remaining Big Red Machine guys because Pete Rose was in Philadelphia by then, so I didn't see him play. Joe Morgan might have been too. Yeah, yeah, he might have been gone too. And then, but the weird thing is, to get back to the high school thing, is that I can't prove it, <laughs> but I may have played against – Barry Larkin, because he went to high school at Moeller High School in Cincinnati. Okay. He graduated in 83. Um, I graduated in 81. And Barry Larkin, being a pretty good baseball player, I imagine he was playing varsity as a freshman. Oh. That would have been his freshman year. But I can't prove it. Oh. And he's a Hall of Famer, so. Right. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I did play against him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, who, who can prove you wrong? You can't prove I did. So, <laughs> so there you go. Oh uh, yeah, I, I used to go eat dinner at Nolan Ryan's house every every uh, every night in California. Uh, hardy RRR, okay. <laughs> and when he was on the road, he broke in, did you? Oh sure, sure. He, he gave me a key to his house. Okay. All right. Uh, what else you got, Hotshot? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look a few a few outfielders here. I've only said one outfielder so far with Ken Griffey, but. Uh, I got I got three more on my list. One is a guy who's who's currently active, but he's kind of on his way to the Hall of Fame. I saw Bryce Harper a couple of years ago uh, when the when the Nationals were in town in, for an interleague game, so I saw I saw him there. Uh, 
when I, and then when I was a kid, I saw Jim Rice when he was with the Red Sox. And uh, another one of my favorite players of all time, I saw Frank Robinson back in the early 70s with the Orioles. Yeah, oh, with the Orioles, that's back, good. Back with the Orioles, and that was the ta- and the, the one our team, the guy I remember most on the Orioles that year was Boog Powell, though, because that, even in California, the announcer would, would announce him as Boog Powell. All right. They're not booing. No. They're saying Boog. Saying Boog. <laughs> <laughs> so I did see Boog Powell, even though he's not a Hall of Famer. No, that's cool. Yeah. Well, he's a good guy to talk about. I like that. Oh, um, okay. I'll throw a couple more. Well, we didn't talk about this yet. Um, We've both seen Ryan Sandberg play because we took a trip when we were in college to Wrigley Field to see him play the Dodgers, and Fernando (laughs) Valenzuela was pitching for the Dodgers. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, he had arm trouble, so he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. But that was the height of Fernando Mania. Fernando Mania, yeah, that was fun. That was a mistake. If I remember, I think he got, got kind of knocked around that game. Well, I went down, I looked up at the box score, and you were right, he did. Yeah. Um, but we did, no matter what seats were available, we didn't care. We sat out in the bleachers, because that's what you do at Wrigley Field. Yep. And we had that run with that guy who was down below us, and he was drunk, and the security was coming to pull him out of there, and he was yelling for help from the rest of us. He goes, I'm a POW down here. <laughs> Never forget that moment. Which was kind of overstating at the moment. Well, and another thing, I think you and I both wanted to go to a game at Wrigley because it was only a few years later they put lights up. So we, we saw a game at Wrigley before they put the lights up. Yeah, you know, I looked up that, I looked up that box score and it was only like, you know, 18,000 people there too. So yeah. that was before really was packing in. There, was, there wasn't any sky boxes. <laughs> Out, out there, there watching in the, from the apartments across the street, nope. any of that kind of stuff. Just, just under under the blue sky. Well, and and about five years ago, uh, my son and I went to Chicago because my daughter was living there at the time, and we went we went to go see uh, the Cubs play the play the Reds. Uh, and I just remember when we were going there, I was bound to determine said we're going to sit right in those right field bleachers. I'm pretty sure we sat in the same seats that we were in. Yeah. I just wanted to relive that moment. Yep, that was cool. That was great. I love that. Yeah. You remember? Oh, I got to throw this in there too. Is that uh, everyone in right field? We started chanting "Left field sucks," and then the yeah, still would chant "Right field sucks." And then after a couple innings, we we ganged up on center field. We both shouted "Center field sucks." <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was cool. Just a part. Typical college hijinks. Yep. Anyway. Um. Okay, here's another guy. It's not a Hall of Famer, um, but I definitely know that I played against him in high school, and that was Chris Sabo. Oh, all right. Remember him? He wore those goofy black rim glasses yeah. with the red and stuff, and I think he had some all-star game years. But uh, I definitely remember that. That He was like his senior year, my senior year, so we were aware of how good he was. Okay. Who did he play for? Uh, Detroit Catholic Central. All right. Yep. So, okay, so I'll just run down some other Hall of Famers. Um, Paul Milder, uh Eddie Murray, Kirby Puckett. Um, you said Jim Rice. I saw him play. Yep. Cal Ripken. Um, 
Brooks Robinson. You saw Brooksy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did. I did back in the, you know, when he was with the Orioles with this short little bill on his on his batting helmet. Remember that? I, I probably saw him too if I saw Frank Robinson play because he was on that. I'm, I'm I must have seen him then. Yep, I'm sure you did. Yeah. And then um, a Tiger that I'm kind of forgotten about is is Pudge Rodriguez. There's a Hall of Famer for you. Yeah, I got him on my list too. Okay. Um, wrapping up my Hall of Famers, but not all my stories yet. Um, Frank Thomas, um, Jim Tomey, okay. who had to have been the biggest Tiger killer of all time. I, I, I swear to, he played in every team in the division, and no matter who it was, Cleveland, the White Sox, whatever, he would kill the Tigers. I think he had like he had 500 home runs. He had 480 of them against the Tigers. I think that's accurate. I think I just read that, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I saw uh, Dave Winfield, um, Robin Yount, and Kyle Yastrzemski. Okay. Uh, let me see. The, rounding out my list, who, who, who haven't I mentioned yet? I got I got Yastrzemski. Uh, you know, and Alan, Alan Trammell, because he's going in. I put Lou Whitaker on there, because you can't talk about Trammell without Whitaker anyway, so. Right. Um, and, you know, if you're looking at Hall of Fame second baseman, Lou Whitaker stacks up with the guys like Joe Morgan and, and Ryan Sandberg anyway, so I'm, I'm counting him. Uh, Gary Sheffield may have a good shot at being in the Hall of Fame. He's got a great number. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, of course. I know. I, I don't think we've met him. Oh, yeah, okay. Got- Cabrera, I hope everybody in Detroit appreciates how great a player Miguel Cabrera is. Oh, yeah. He's, I, you know, and it's the, it's kind of sad to see, you know, all the injury trouble he's had lately, but yeah, he is, he's an amazing hitter. Yeah. Uh, Craig Biggio. I saw him down in Houston. Uh, I don't know, about 15 years ago. Uh, so was that in the old Astrodome or the new place or what? Uh, that was in the new place that they used to be called Enron field until Enron had their meltdown. And then it was right. whatever, whatever they're called now. Oh, yeah, that's probably your fault. You're in the energy business. <laughs> hey, we, yeah, yeah, I used to deal with Enron until until they, until they we didn't anymore. Right. Um, but I've, I've got one more Hall of Famer on my list, but this, this goes into my into one of my stories. So if we're, if we're that, to that point yet. Well, let me give you my minor story, then we'll do your major story, and then I've got a major story. All right. Um. Uh, I saw Justin Verlander pitch, obviously, in Detroit. Yeah. But more, even even better, I saw him pitch in Toledo. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, he, um, in 2000, it was either 14 or 15, he had gotten hurt, and he was, it was, it was a Sunday that I said to Sarah, I said, hey, let's go to a Mud Hens game. And so, because we had been, there's three single A teams in Detroit, I'm sorry, in Michigan, and we've been to games there, and Toledo's been there forever, I've never been down there, and they had a fairly new stadium. So it was a Sunday, I said, hey, let's go see the Mud Hens next weekend. So that day, went online, got tickets for, um, for the Saturday game. Monday, the Tigers announced that Verlander is going to make a minor league rehab on Saturday. So I got the tickets just before they went into high demand. 
Nice. And the best thing is, though, the tickets were like in the second row behind the visitors' dugout. I don't. I think they cost eight bucks. Ridiculous. <laughs> but it gets better. The embarrassing part for Verlander is it was Jurassic Park night, <laughs> and so they wore a different kind of uniform. And the the, the first pitch, the first pitch was delivered to the mound by somebody dressed up as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> so here's old Justin Verlander had to stand there while a T-Rex was delivering the game ball. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's, that's, that's minor league baseball is best. It is. And I'm sure if he had, if he had known, he would have said, let me pitch on Sunday or something. <laughs> but uh, that's, so that's one of my, so what's, what's your, what's your grand story? My, my, my grand story this goes back to probably the greatest pitching performance that I've uh, ever seen in my life. And it goes back to 1976. Uh, it's kind of like the height, height of the Dodgers run back when they were right at the height of their, their rivalry with the Reds. But they didn't play the Reds that game. They played the New York Mets in Dodger Stadium. And I saw Tom Seaver pitch. The Mets, the Mets were kind of crappy that year, and the Dodgers were really good. And Tom Seaver came out and threw a three-hit shutout, walked one, struck out, like, uh, I think he struck out eight. Um, and he, What year is this? He only gave up one, one hit to, uh, like, one of the Dodgers starters. The other two hits were, were both pinch hitters. And he and he walked the pitcher, so he couldn't get anyone, and he couldn't get the nine hitter out at all. But through the one through eight guys, he just mowed him down. Uh, it was and the game was like two and a half hours. It was really efficient. Uh, and also in that game, it was the only time I ever saw a guy have a three home run game because Dave Kingman uh, went three for five, three home runs, eight RBIs. He came up in the ninth inning with a chance to get his fourth home run, and, and he was just swinging from his heels, and he ended up striking out. But, uh, but it was, it was, and but now Kingman with the Mets, obviously, yep, right? With, yeah, with the Mets, and it was probably the only time a guy with a three home run game wasn't the the most valuable player of the game. Now, what year was that? It was nineteen seventy six. And he, and here's here's one other thing I gotta I gotta add on. It's just kind of a, a curious thing that I just discovered last week when I was researching this. That game was on June fourth, nineteen seventy six. The next year, the game I mentioned where I saw Nolan Ryan plunk uh, Steve Kemp, that was June fourth, nineteen seventy seven. And also on in that game, what happened is before the game, we my buddy and I we'd always go down to the field during batting practice. The Tigers were taking batting practice, and a ball came into the camera well. And so one of the Angels outfielders hopped in the camera well, and he, he tossed the ball out to us. And I caught it. So I ended up – so it wasn't a foul ball. As we know, I, you know, I've only got one foul ball. But I ended up with a Tigers batting practice ball on that day. Now, June 4th is significant. Both of these games – both of these highly memorable games were on June 4th. In different years, in 1989, my baseball-loving son was born on June 4th. Ooh. So I had these two, two seminal baseball moments as a kid on June 4th 
and then my son was born on June fourth. So that I just discovered that last week. So that was that was pretty cool. You get the goosebump moment there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's funny that you saw a three home run game because this is kind of what involves uh, my game. My greatest game I ever saw was May eighteenth, nineteen eighty two, um, at Tiger Stadium against the Oakland A's. Okay. Now. I promised you more Steve Kemp stories, <laughs> and I, I looked up the news report of this game, and it is back in the it's on UPI.com. Okay, so they, don't, they don't even exist anymore. And it says the very first paragraph says Larry Hernan is fast becoming the power hitting left fielder the Detroit Tigers thought they had lost when the team traded Steve Kemp to the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Now, why do we care so much about Steve Kemp, George? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, it was, I think it was 1982. We went to see uh, the Tigers uh, play the White Sox just after they'd acquired Steve Kemp, and we we're sitting in our, our seats nice and cozy as the game's, game's just underway. Steve Kemp comes up to the plate in his first at-bat, and all of a sudden this crazy man sitting right next to us he actually came to the game with us, of all things, stands up and, and just starts yell, shouting all of this vitriol at Steve Kemp, telling him what a bum he is. Right. And he lo- the guy looked like your dad. But I'm not, he did, I'm not, but it could have been because my dad was mild-mannered and you never heard a peep out of him. I know. So it was, it was a very strange moment, but a moment I'll never forget. So whenever either of us hear uh, Steve Kemp's name or anything related to Steve Kemp, that's our first thought, regardless. Yep, Jack Stone. Okay, so let me tell you about this game. So we're talking about Larry Hernan. Sounds like he must have a pretty important part of this game. First of all, I saw in this game there were four Hall of Famers, and I claim there should have been a fifth. But um, Ricky Henderson led off the game with a home run off of Jack Morris. Okay. So right away. Um, Larry Herndon hit home runs in the first, third, and fifth innings of that game. Nice. And but what what goes back even the the night before in the previous game, he had hit a home run in his last at bat. So he like tied a major league record with four consecutive home runs. Oh, that's nice. So that was good. Um, Tigers were ahead. Nine to three, cruising along, nothing to worry about. And all of a sudden, the ace chipped away. And I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember, remember Jeff Burroughs? Yeah. Remember he played for the – he came out like his rookie year with the Rangers. Yeah. He was huge. Well, he was with the A's at this time. He had a grand slam to tie the game nine to nine in about the sixth inning. It was still early. And then um, Lance Parrish, who had homered earlier in the game, he singled in the seventh to put the Tigers ahead 10-9. to nine. And then Alan Trammell, he had an RBI single in the eighth. So the final score was 11-9. to nine. So the manager was Sparky Anderson, yep. and he was managing against Billy Martin. Why isn't Billy Martin in a Hall of Fame yet? I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. There, 
you know, I always thought there was kind of like a, a Yankee bias to the Hall of Fame, but then there's you see guys like Billy Martin and Ron Guidry. I can't figure out why Ron Guidry's not in the Hall of Fame. Huh. Yeah, I don't know, but just another little factoid of that game. This is 1982, so Whitaker and Trammell came up together, and 79 was their first full season. The Tigers' seven, eight, nine hitters that day were Parrish, Whitaker, and Trammell. They were hitting seven, eight, nine. And at the time of that game, Trammell was hitting 202. No kidding. Yeah, and he went on. He didn't even have a good year that year. He went on to hit about two fifty something, two fifty eight or a low two sixties or something like that. But not not the Alan Trammell that we would see just two years later. No, no, indeed, World World Series MVP. Yeah, yep. probably should have had an MVP in in eighty seven. That there's there's a lot of. Was that the which was which one was the one that George Bell won? That was the '87. Tiger, you know, Tigers won the division, and Trammell, I don't know, he had, he had 328 something like that. Was you know, you know, 25 home runs, and I don't, know, I think George Bell hit 40 home runs, but yeah, yeah. Oh well. Well, those were some good games, good memories, great players, um, and. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job of hammering it all up, and thanks for jostling my memory on a lot of those. Oh yeah, I think I think it's fun. I think some of those some of those games, you know, we, we kind of shared together, and but some of them, you know, we have. I think we brought some good uh, good perspectives from other games too. But yeah, look look up that Eckersley Gossage thing, man. I, I tell you, they were they were. I, I swear to God, I saw them. In, what, what year was it? Ninety three, I think. Okay, I'll just look up their roster. Yeah, that's uh. So who was the closer? Eckersley? Eckersley was, yeah. Gossage, it was, it was like right at the end of his career. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, George, it's always a pleasure. And it was, again, baseball is one of our all-time favorite subjects. And I'm sure if we can squeeze some more good baseball categories in, we'll do that. Absolutely. Okay, buddy. Take care of yourself. And until next time, um, tell all your friends about the podcast. And we uh, – Look forward to putting out some more good work for you. All right. Take care, George. All right. Thanks, Keith. Bye.